0: It's a very commonly used phrase that it's the little things that make a big difference. And uh, in marriage, that's true. Many small things left undealt with can create large issues and conflicts. And how do you address those when they're small so they don't become big problems? I'm John Fuller, along with professional counselors, Greg and Erin Smalley, and we're returning now to a conversation Jim Daly and I had with them for a focus on the family broadcast about um, reconnecting with your spouse, and here's more from that conversation.
1: Aaron, let me ask you in this this roommate, uh, I guess, comparison you use in the book this idea of soulmate roommate. Mm-hmm. So elaborate okay. on both of those.
2: We hear we hear this a lot from couples especially when they're hurting, that I've met my soulmate. And so just the world's definition of soulmate, just we we hate it. We don't like it. And so really what we're talking Mm -hmm. about soulmate in the instance of this book is that there's one person that you have made this covenant relationship agreement with. Kind
1: of a biblical context, right? That the two shall become one. And that one you're saying is like a soulmate.
2: Yes, and that you're experiencing the deepest levels of connection and intimacy possible, this side of heaven, Mm -hmm. that we are having those deep conversations, deep connection, we're experiencing sexual intimacy. We're, you know, we're doing life together. We're best friends. Yeah. And it is, that's what a soulmate is. Hmm. And I love experiencing that with Greg. And it's a lifelong journey that we're committed to forever till death do us And we're going to
1: get more into that as we describe the attributes of the book. But uh, Greg, you also use this combination of wild beasts, the little foxes, that attack or affect your marriage? What are you getting at there? Yeah, so King
3: Solomon, as he was getting married, his fiance told him that, listen, you need to guard our relationship. You need to catch the little foxes that'll come into our vineyard of love and destroy it. And what she was saying is that there's some big wild beasts out there, bears and lions who certainly would do damage, but it's actually these small little foxes, these little creatures, that can invade our marriage, that we really need to guard against. The research is so clear that couples certainly will divorce, you know, if there's been some infidelity or some of these big things. But more often, what you hear is, well, we just fell out of love. We just drifted apart. There's irreconcilable differences. Mm. Those are the little foxes. Mm. It's It's a slow fade. We get married super quick. We've we find this person, we court this person, and we get married, and then over time, there's just this tiny, slow drift. And so, often it's it's something specific. Maybe they have young kids, and they're just you no know, sleep, they're just exhausted, maybe it's a special needs child, maybe it's caring for older parents, maybe they're starting a new business. There's something going on in their life that is- Draining. That, that is draining, that they've had to give so much time and attention to, that at the end of the day, they look at their spouse and go, I love you, but I got nothing. I have nothing to give. And that's a small little fox.
2: Yeah, or it could be that there's conflict. There's things that aren't going well within the relationship. And there there's an unwillingness or unawareness that, hey, I need to bring these things up. In a way, that feels good to both of us. But then what happens is hearts close, maybe harden, and then they, they end up living these very separate lives, maybe developing separate groups of friends or, you know, just just not crossing paths and yeah. hearts are hard. And then, then we make choices and do things that are not true to who we really are.
1: Or, or destructive yes. to the marriage. Uh, Greg, you helped develop something that's been incredibly successful here at Focus, the uh, Focus on Marriage Assessment. And the data is now extremely meaningful. And uh, what are some of those common struggles that are uh, being lifted up in that assessment? What are the like top three most common things that are separating people emotionally, physically, spiritually?
3: Yeah, the three top three areas that people struggle in are these little foxes. It's so interesting how even our own assessment... Bears that out. So number one is they're just unhappy about their sexual relationship. So maybe they're sexless. They're not having sex or it's just not as often or something's going on. Another one is conflict. As Aaron kind of talked about, we're just not able to really work through the problems that are there. So we just kind of sweep them under the rug. And so it's just frustrating. And then communication is another one. And what they're saying is that we're just not talking. Yeah. Now, the problem is that They are talking, but they're just not talking about the things that bring life to their relationship. For a lot of couples that we've worked with who are struggling in their communication, they're talking a whole lot about to-do lists and tasks Mm -hmm. and who's going to pick up the milk and whose turn is it to pick up the kids from wherever. And they get stuck in a rut that monopolizes their communication, Mm -hmm. which over time, that becomes boring. Or if I start to believe, and by the way, this happened to me. There came a moment in our marriage that I honestly thought, I don't really enjoy talking to my wife. And I just, I wanted to be off by myself and be in the man cave. And because what was happening is that all of our communication focused around finances, who's doing what tomorrow. It was just one big business Mm -hmm. meeting
2: And it's funny because we'll ask couples as we travel and speak, you know, what percentage of time do you spend talking about, you know, business stuff? What percentage of time do you administrate your marriage? And it's funny because they'll kind of sit back and then they'll go, it's really about 90% of our time. That's where we're spending our time. And how life giving is that to a marriage? The thing is, is we're often not aware of it. So we don't know. That's what we're doing.
0: All right. So Aaron, following up on some of the great things you and uh, Greg were saying in that clip, speak to the couple who might admit we're just too busy to talk about anything besides the business stuff. I mean, every time we talk, it's business, business, business. How do they escape that?
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, we're too busy to talk about, you know, the deeper things. Really, what I say is that often couples revert to talking business stuff when they don't feel safe to go deeper that Mm -hmm. when they try to go deeper, maybe it doesn't go well, or they don't feel like they're being heard, or when they go deeper and share their heart, their spouse is trying to fix or manage their emotion. And so it's just recognizing there's reasons we stop going deep, but it's also never going to happen spontaneously. We have to be intentional about going deep. And so it's looking at what's keeping us from going deeper with conversation, what's getting in the way, What's keeping us from feeling safe? What is it that I'm really wanting in the conversation? If I share my heart, what am I needing? But then it's communicating that to my spouse so they know that's what I'm looking for. That, hey, when I share my heart with you, Greg, I really want you just to listen to me and just to care about what I'm sharing. I don't need you to fix it. You're great at fixing things, but you know when I'm sharing, I just would love it if you just listen and just care that... Um, about whatever I'm I'm sharing.
3: Yeah, and it's so important because it's just so easy to fill up what little time we have to communicate with just all the administration and business-like stuff that we have to talk about, yeah. and that stuff will always dominate, monopolize the conversation unless we choose to do something else.
0: Let me peel it back just a little bit and in candor say that for us, uh, I mean, we've been parenting a long time and our youngest has special needs and for a season it really was business we were we were just fortunate to keep up with most of the business let alone all of it we couldn't do all of it there was just so much going on in one of those seasons you all have had moments like that so give some permission here i mean we want to encourage people to work toward those good, safe, healthy, emotional conversations. But I don't want somebody to to say, well, I'm glad you all have your act together because you don't know what I'm dealing with.
2: Yeah, and I love what you're saying, John, as far as we were in a season that was really, really busy, really, really tough. We all have those seasons. And what do we do? And it's having that conversation. What do we do in this busy season to make sure that we're getting each other, that we're connecting? Heart to heart, because really, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, 10 minutes a day, the research shows that 10 minutes a day of just talking about inner life stuff, sharing three feeling words, you know, 10 minute during that 10 minute period keeps you connected at that heart level, asking each other questions about during this busy season, what's the hardest part for you? And that is connecting heart to heart. Mm -hmm. So it's just being intentional. It's recognizing we all will go through busy seasons. But what do we do during those busy seasons to make sure that we're still connecting heart to heart, just not going after the schedule?
3: And I think it's fair, too, as a couple, really evaluate. Is it just that we're in a very busy season, which could be totally the answer? Or are we just trying to avoid really going deep with each other. So we just stay talking about business kind of stuff because it's also possible there are couples that they don't feel safe or they're afraid if I'm really known, will you really love me? I mean, that takes a lot of vulnerability. And so it's fair to go, yeah, is there a deeper reason? And if perhaps it is, then boy, reach out, get some help, go talk to a Christian counselor and really work through. Yeah. If we're avoiding, you know, being known deeply, be, by just keeping it at a work level but let's do something about Mm -hmm. that yeah and i I, just as you were saying that i was thinking
0: i have to mention our counselors here because our donor team we have a team of folks that make monthly pledges Uh, lots of folks make a one-time gift to focus on the family every now and then Uh, those donors make it possible for us to fill in the gaps for people that don't have somebody to turn to they don't have a counselor they know of, they don't feel safe talking to their pastor or a trusted Christian friend, we're here and we're a phone call away. So um, please uh, contact us if we can help you by uh, setting up a free consultation with one of our counselors. Um, If you're not in that spot, maybe you can kind of pay it forward. Maybe you can make a donation for somebody else to be able to take advantage of the counselors we have here. And then don't forget, we do have a free marriage assessment. Jim mentioned it in the, uh, the clip. Many couples have taken that, and uh, I know it's going to be helpful to you. Uh, the details for that free marriage assessment and uh, to donate, to get the book reconnected, um, it's all in the show notes. And um, next time, we're going to hear a powerful testimony from Bill and Vicki Rose about how God redeemed their relationship from a really dark season. For Greg and Erin Smalley, and on behalf of the entire team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage
2: Podcast.